Taylor Decker's on my All-22 fantasy team. Stop. They don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Your predictions, right, your forecasting in fantasy football into how good is this player? This is going to, it's going to change the industry. Yeah. yeah. I moved to the old town where it goes down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. I hold it down. Made myself proud. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another All 22 podcast. You got Chris and Ray. Ray, I'm worked up today. I feel like I'm in a bad mood, not sleeping great. Uh, people are being jerks in fantasy leagues. People that I love, though. People that I love. I'll give them that. I, I love the guy. But uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week for me. How are you? You can't let this get to you, man. You're you're four weeks, five weeks in, eighteen years. You had eighteen years, Chris. You you, you know you gotta you gotta keep it together. You're just, like just getting sleep. started. I like so, my sleep. I'm yeah, not. It ain't though. happening. It ain't <laughs> happening. Get some sunlight. You know, you get you get uh, what is it, the outside privileges or whatever. You know, take advantage while you can. Mm-hmm. It's actually like a warm day here. By warm, it's like in the high forties. So yeah, it's, it's like it's blisteringly a, hot. It's nice. Yeah, might go put up the uh, the the Christmas decorations out outside later on. That's Take advantage idea. of this, you know, balmy forty degree weather. Dad things, man. Dad things. <laughs> Speaking of dads, I actually don't know if he's a dad. Is he a dad? Uh, I don't know, but Aaron Rodgers is he's like dad, dad age, right? Okay, <laughs> he's no, not he's a dad. like he's he's like old enough to be like a dad to like probably Jordan Love or something. Aaron Rodgers is like. Derek Jeter, if Derek Jeter had a very strange dating record, you know, how, like Jeter dated like his 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 list of it's not strange. It's yeah, it's phenomenal. Rogers is weird. Like he dates like Danica Patrick, and like not that she's not cute, yeah, and, you know, that. like yeah, like she's she's great, she's great. It's just like he's dating Jessica Alba. He's dating a NASCAR driver. I'm just saying, just putting that out there. Okay, just shot a NASCAR. I'm gonna tell my wife not to listen to this episode. Um, <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, dad, dad aged Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is, is, I mean, it's called father time. And one of the, the, the biggest things about father time, aside from the fact that you get slower, you know, uh, you're not as quick, you, you get injured more often, but you also don't recover very quickly, right? You recover much slower than you did when you were in your twenties. And apparently Aaron Rodgers, after suffering uh, a torn Achilles, was it a ruptured Achilles? Is there a difference? I don't know is uh is back at practice that's that's a little and 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 is it even does it even matter is there a point to it given where the jets are and how things have just unraveled you're the rogers guy i'm just gonna let you just just run with it blank canvas but uh yeah aaron Rodgers is on the practice field i didn't want to talk about aaron Rodgers today i'll be honest because like i'm already in a bad mood why am i going to talk about something that's going to put that's why i want to talk about it but aaron Rodgers coming back to practice to a team that is now basically out of the playoff picture. I'm pretty sure they are, but like, I'm sure there's some weird odd where they could get in. Just tells me one thing that he's doing this so that the coaches keep their jobs. And should the coaches keep their jobs? Like that's at the end of the day, that's really the point of this, right? Is like, is there a chance Nathaniel Hackett is the worst offensive coach ever in the existence of the NFL to get a head coaching job? The only reason he got a head coaching job is because of Aaron Rodgers. He gets fired a year after it, gets ridiculed for being the worst coach in history by his predecessor. And then he goes to the Jets, and without Rodgers, it has looked like the worst offense in the history of football. And now Rodgers is going to come back to try to keep this guy from getting fired. And to me, that's all this is about, is Rodgers kind of doing his guy a solid, saying, I'm going to try to help Thackett keep his job as OC. 
we're going to run this back next year and hopefully things get better. But from my point of view, it's like, why do you want to keep an offensive coordinator that has now, I think, consistently proven that he's not adding any value to what you're doing? So why not get somebody better for you next year? Um, I get it. Rogers is trying to be a nice guy, but like, to me, this is kind of like, it's just a weird storyline. It's something that like, I think if Rogers gets hurt in these two games, this is going to blow up, right? Like if Rogers comes back and gets injured again, this is really bad thing for the NFL and for the New York jets. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, we talk about how like quarterbacks or great quarterbacks are the like ultimate, I call them deodorant, right? You have a lot of issues. You have a great quarterback. It just masks so much of that other stuff, right? The interesting thing with Aaron Rodgers is he brings about a lot of the issues into the organization. And Theo Ash actually had a great uh, video about this about a week or so ago about how every move that the Jets made to bring Aaron Rodgers on board and make him comfortable has just been a disaster, whether it's the Lazard contract. I mean, Randall Cobb, Nathaniel Hackett, it's several more, the list just sort of goes on, right? Everything was made to kind of appease and placate Rogers and get him into the front door in the first place. And then obviously, you know, unfortunate circumstances, then he just four plays into the season is not there or on the field. And now you're stuck with all of these just aging bad players and a coach that is not seen at all as a, like you said, a value add uh, offensive coordinator, play caller, game planner, what have you. And it's just a bad dynamic when you have a defensive head coach who is, you know, is holding up his end of the bargain. If you're going to keep it very simple, right? Defensive head coach, the defense is outstanding. That unit is phenomenal. They're playing very well. And then the offense is a mess. And each of those individual transactions, you kind of knew weren't necessarily anything worthwhile, but if they got you Aaron Rodgers, well, then that would make the offense, you know, make up for it right? Aaron Rodgers would make up for that all on his own and kind of drag that offense uh, into competency with that defense, then you have a chance. So a lot of the problems that have to be deodorized are a result of Aaron Rodgers. So what do you do with that? Uh, Do you, I mean, at this point, I don't think he's going to retire. So do you, do you piss him off? Do you, do you not bring back Hackett after, after what you've seen so far? Do you run it back with a happy Aaron Rodgers in year two, assuming that he's going to be healthy in 2024 and, you know, he has more time away from the Achilles injury and just see what happens. I would not want to fire the head coach. That's just me. I know a lot of Jets fans may feel differently, but we know what Salah is on the defensive side and he's held up his end of the bargain. They tried to do something on offense. They had a plan and that plan got derailed because of injury And so whether you want to tinker with that or make adjustments as it relates to the offensive coordinator and some of the personnel decisions, Randall Cobb should not be back next year, period. Um, And and just that's just an example. Plenty more moves like that. Then sure, fine. But I don't think you you blow it up and get rid of the the head coach in this situation because, again, he, he lost his starting quarterback and that basically the offense was built and all offenses essentially are, but especially this one was all centered around Rogers and he's not there. So yeah, I, I don't want to make a change at head coach if I'm the New York jets. So I might just be in a bad mood and wake up tomorrow and be like, have a completely different take on this. 
Um, and I, I agree with what you said about Salah. It's just really Hackett. And, you know, I think there's probably like $50 million worth of reasons why Rodgers would stay if Hackett got fired. Um, but, you know, it, we're going to be talking today about uh, kind of like what we would do as the GMs of certain teams, right? We're going to start a series. It's going to be a cool little thing. And one of the things is, you know, does the team have foundational pieces? So like what we're saying about the plan being derailed, like the Jets still had the second overall pick quarterback playing for them with a, a true number one receiver. You know, the offensive line's not great by any means. It's not the worst in the NFL either though, right? And they have a good running game. Like they have pieces on that offense where it shouldn't be like the worst in the NFL and it's been the worst in the NFL, right? So it's like, it's kind of that discussion that I'm kind of saying, why are we keeping the OC around? And let's talk about things like that today, right? Like I want to talk about that. So let's let's actually transition and this will be a good transition. So like I said, today we're going to be kind of talking about what we would do as GMs. We, we at All22 pride ourselves on being able to be true GMs, right? That's what this game is, is your ability to be the GM of a team and lead a team better than what maybe like your favorite NFL team does, right? So we're going to try to do that today. We want to kind of back up our talk, right? Like, can we really do it better? What would our plan be? Is it realistic, right? Um, we'll try to be as realistic as possible. Um, and today I want to start with like the Panthers and the Bears. So like the first thing, Ray, that I want to talk about with this kind of exercise is what things do you identify as needing to keep in mind as the GM of a team, right? So is it just coaching? Is it coaching player salaries? Is it veteran contracts? Is it draft capital? Like what things are you considering when you're doing an exercise like this? I always like to start off with, there's two things, right? First is what is your plan? Do you have a plan and a system in place? Or are you in search of a system because you have totally cleaned house and you're being sold on, you know, by whoever kind of walks through the door as GM or head coach uh, as to their plan to get your roster into contention. That's number one. Number two is assuming you have a plan in place, what is your biggest investment? Most times that's going to be the quarterback. How are you protecting your biggest investment, right? What is the strength of your team, your roster? How are you built and how are you protecting or, or enhancing or optimizing your strengths. Uh, so as we get into these individual exercises and talk talk deeper into that, we'll see how that kind of drives every, you know, every move that you make with that in mind, because it's very hard to fix everything all in one offseason. It's just, just the NFL is not built that way, right? There are systems in place and checks and balances to, to you know, prevent that basically, right? And that's kind of what gives us parity for the most part uh, in the NFL. So, um, what is your plan? Knowing that you can't, you can't eat the whole elephant. You got to take bites. You know, what is it to take uh, chunks out of the elephant? Whatever the heck that stupid saying is, uh, eat the elephant in chunks. There you go. What chunks are you eating? You know, are you, are you eating the leg first? Are you, are you eating the, I don't know, you going straight for like, you know, the, the, the breast meat? I don't know. But, um, that sort of drives your, your entire plan based off of a, uh, what plan or system you have in place. And then B, what is your prize investment, your franchise investment? And how are you optimizing that? Because, uh, I've always been a believer. We've talked about this when it comes to roster construction or even something as simple as, um, a lot of people like to shuffle different parts along the offensive line, right? When they're quote unquote versatile. I like to focus on who are my best players 
and how do I get my best players to play at their best, right? So if you're a nine out of 10 offensive guard and you might be a six and a half or a seven offensive tackle, just because offensive tackle is more important doesn't mean I'm sliding you over to offensive tackle, right? I've, I've been preaching this and it seems like this is how it ended up in Dallas, right? But when you look at the Cowboys, you know me, I've been saying this since day one. I want Tyler Smith at guard. I know he can play tackle. I know he can play tackle pretty well, but that guy is a certified stud at guard. That's everything you're looking for on the inside. And for a long time, it looked like they were going to really try to force him at tackle. He's been now at guard all season, and you've seen the results of him on the inside. He's one of the top players in the league at this point. And that offensive line has started to really stabilize itself, mostly because of a healthy Tyron Smith on the outside, but because you have someone playing so well um, on the inside like Tyler Smith alongside those other pieces. You have your best players playing at their best positions. So to bring that all back around, right, what is your biggest investment, your your most important piece, right, or pieces, and how are you optimizing them? And that drives everything else from there. Okay, so let's start with the Bears who technically have the first pick. What would be the first thing that you're, you would do if you're the GM of the Bears this offseason? Yeah, this this is a fun one. If I'm the GM of the Bears, I'm so excited for this offseason. I can't wait for these games to end, basically, right? Um, first thing I'm doing is I am working the phones. I am putting Justin Fields on the trade block, and I am seeing what I can get for, from Justin Fields. Um, it didn't work out. It's not working out. He has flash plays. He has highlight plays. Um, every game, there is a highlight or two from Fields but it's not consistent down to down. You is, he just hasn't really evolved consistently down to down into what you need from a franchise quarterback to win at the highest level in this league. Um, if someone wants to disagree, I'd love to hear it, but we just haven't seen it. It's not, it's just not working out. The good news is as the bears, you basically got a mulligan by fleecing the Panthers in last year's trade uh, when they moved up to go get Bryce young. So now you have ammunition to work with to solve your quarterback position and then build your team around him from there. But first thing I'm doing is I am shopping Justin Fields. Okay, I like that. I think if I'm the GM of the Bears, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the complete roster, right? The first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at the complete roster. I'm saying, where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? And one thing at all 22, right, that we have the positional weights, right? So we are saying that there are certain positions that are more valuable than the others, quarterback being the most valuable. So I think it's correct for you to first look at quarterback and say, am I set at quarterback? I am somebody that's still kind of in the middle saying the Bears could probably go either way and be fine. Like Justin Fields, in my perspective, is a good enough football player that I think if you gave him time, you set the roster up well he can be successful. I look at the roster and I say, okay, so if, if I'm unsure at quarterback, let's take it to the next level. Let's look at offensive line. We've invested in tackles. We have Braxton Jones. We have Darnell Wright. We feel comfortable with that. I don't really like Darnell Wright, but like the team does. I look at the receivers. We went and got DJ Moore. I don't know if the depth is there at receiver that you would want, right? So like DJ Moore is great. He's been excellent for them, but is there the depth at receiver that you would want? Then you look at defense, right? Do I have an edge rusher? They got Montez Sweat. I think it's a step in the right direction. I don't really think there's depth at edge rusher either. You probably need another one. So receiver, you need another one. Edge rusher, you need another one. They have the cornerbacks down, but I think Jalen Johnson is actually a free agent. So 
that's got to be a big priority bringing him back. If not, that's somebody you have to replace. Safety, we're probably good, but those are in defensive interior, excuse me, defensive interior. You don't really have much there either, right? Like that's kind of uh, uh, just media mediocrity throughout. You spent a decent uh, second round pick, I think last year on a defensive interior, but it hasn't really paid dividends yet. You need to get a stud there. So I'm looking at my roster. I'm saying it's pretty incomplete. Like it's not, it's not where I think it needs to be, where if I just drop a quarterback in there, it's a surefire thing that it's going to be successful. But to your point, this is a very exciting offseason for the Bears because they have a lot of draft capital. So you're saying I'm shopping Justin Fields. What do you think you can realistically you can get for a Justin Fields? So in in sleuthing around the interwebs, right? This will not be the full compensation package, uh, obviously, right? There will be additional picks and probably some conditions in place as a result of future playing time and such. But for the purposes of this exercise, the, the, the crux of the deal and the main piece is going to be sending Justin Fields to the Las Vegas Raiders for pick uh, number 43 in, in the second round. There's going to be additional picks but I don't believe Justin Fields will fetch a first round pick on his own. I think it's a two plus and that's a pretty decent two and then starting point from there. So what did, what did Trey Lance just get traded for a fourth a fourth? So like, uh, yeah, Justin Fields is definitely better. You know, he has game experience. He showed highs, but do we think that Justin Fields is definitely going to get a second when all the other teams in the league know that you're replacing him with whoever you drafted number one? I think so, because I think you'll have more than one suitor. Okay. Um, right, I, so we're getting I, I a second-round pick. Second-round pick and others, but we're just going to worry about the second-round pick for now. Okay. If someone's screaming, oh, my gosh, he's Justin Fields. He's okay, okay, then then you then you call somebody and, and, and try to get a first-round pick. Go through the teams. I don't think people are going to give up a first-round pick for a quarterback who, to, to date, has shown flashes, but is not winning any games. We'll have to come into a new system, and then it's going to have to get paid over the next two years uh, into a large contract if he's your guy of the future. So, any event, yes, yeah, second round pick for Justin Fields, forty third overall. So now that gives us, uh, as it's currently projected, right as we sit here on Thursday, uh, November thirtieth, we then have picks one, four, forty three, and then sixty five at the top of the third round. So four picks to, to work with in the first two days. Uh, with that, again, I just traded Justin Fields. We just had our episode last week. I'm taking Caleb Williams as my number one, uh, at my number one pick, and he's my franchise quarterback. And going from there, so this was using the PFF Mock Simulator like 12 times every single time this worked out. No variance. I got Caleb Williams at one. And then I got a uh, tackle Olufashinu at four with my second first round pick to again, be a franchise tackle in front of him. And then you really start to shore up your offensive line. We talked about it before. I know some people kind of like him at right tackle. I think he's fine there, but I do think he can profile well inside. And so that of course is Darnell, Wright. So you could have an offensive line where you have uh, Fashanu and Braxton Jones at tackle, Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright at guard. We'll get into our free agency moves, I, I'm assuming, a little bit later on here. But those are four young, very good pieces to have on the offensive line. So after your first two picks in the first round, you have now your franchise quarterback. You have a pretty solid offensive line in front of him. 
and we still have DJ Moore on the outside. So we're starting to really put the pieces of the puzzle together on offense. So I'm just not there. Yeah. Let's pause there for a second. Talk about, so you're going and getting your franchise quarterback. Your head coach is Matt Eberflus, who is defensive minded, right? And he's in his second season and they currently have like the fifth worst defense in the NFL, according to PFF. So are you keeping the head coach? I'm not keen on keeping him to be totally honest. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, of, of Eberflus and kind of what's been done there already. And I'm not sure how deep we want to go into this. Like, okay, well then who is my head coach? I don't know. Over the last 24 hours or so, there's, you know, you have the whispers of, oh, well, Jim Harbaugh might be looked at by the bears uh, this coming off season. I'm not going to get that deep. And even if so, I actually don't think Jim Harbaugh is the guy. I don't think Jim Harbaugh and Caleb Williams stylistically work with each other. I think Caleb Williams is more of a downfield, uh, aggressive type passing attack. Jim Harbaugh likes to do a lot of you know downhill running and, and, and play action and that sort of thing. And that's that kind of limits what makes Caleb Williams great. And I don't want to hear about what he did with Kaepernick and the spread, you know, uh, you know, whatever it was almost 10 years ago now to this point. The NFL has caught up to that. And lately, the last seven plus years, eight years of Jim Harbaugh, when you've seen him on the field, it's a downhill sort of physical brand, which is great. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying as it relates to Caleb Williams, that limits what makes Caleb Williams great. So I don't think it's a great fit. If you look at someone like Jim Harbaugh as head coach, if you say, I'm not keen on Eberflus, I'm investing on a franchise quarterback, so I want an offensive head coach. All that is great. I just don't think Harbaugh is that exact coach. Um, But to me, yeah, I'm not keen on Eberflus. I would look to an offensive-minded head coach because, again, that's going to be our greatest investment. We have to protect that because – there are some people out there who may still believe in Justin Fields, or even if they don't, they were fans of Fields coming out, knowing that he needs some work. And just a lot of the environment around him was not great. And we've seen how he just has not been able to really grow and develop in that, you know, in that organization for the last three years. So uh, I think it is paramount to be as quarterback friendly as possible in everything we do. And that starts with the coaching staff as well. Yeah, and I'm in agreement on that. I think I change coaches. I, I definitely think I do that. Um, I want somebody that's going to be a great role model mold for Caleb Williams. I love with what like the Colts did this year and their hire. I love uh, you know the the Texans bringing in um, PFF Bobby to be their OC, right? Like it's it's kind of those moves that have kind of helped these quarterbacks be successful and just those teams be successful. I think if you have a coach that's defensive minded and after two years, you're still the fifth worst defense in the NFL, I'm moving on. Like that's, it's not even a Mm -hmm. question. I think the, the number one pick, if you go quarterback and you're replacing Justin Fields, fine. Let's, let's say that's what we're doing. Um, Great. We get the second round pick, the second pick going offensive line, you have invested heavily in the offensive line already. You know, you have Nate Davis at guard as well, I believe. Um, so like, you know, you adding another offensive lineman, I get it. I think it makes sense because of the draft that we have, right? It's it's the offensive line is a strength. The, the tackle class is great. And you're getting a blue chip offensive lineman. I think if it was any other draft where we have a blue chip defensive player, I think we have to go defense. I think we have to go edge rusher um, or defensive interior, but I don't think there's strength at those positions. So I'm fine. Yes, I agree. Let's go offensive tackle. So we go quarterback, we go offensive tackle. Justin Fields is now a Raider. Um, What's your next move here? 
poor Justin. <laughs> poor Justin. He's over there in Vegas. Uh, who, actually, who knows what? Uh, I guess he'll be getting yelled at by Antonio Pierce. Um, so, yeah. So, got our quarterback, got our offensive tackle. Um, fast forwarding a bit. And just to be clear for some context, in case you were wondering, you may have figured it out by now, but Marvin Harrison Jr. was taken between uh, picks one and four. He was gone to Arizona. Uh, in this in this draft simulation so even if you wanted to pair kind of that one two punch at receiver with someone like Caleb Williams Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, was off the board to Arizona in this mock so with that if you fast forward to pick 33 I am going wide receiver a lot of it not a lot of it but a part of it is also how the board falls there's not a lot of great uh, defensive players, uh, defensive linemen left on the board at this point, uh, at least as a, you know, relative to that pick anyway. So I took uh, Troy Franklin, the receiver from Oregon at pick 43, get just uh, Justin Fields, excuse me, get Caleb Williams, another young prototype wide receiver, height, weight, speed guy who can make plays downfield um, kind of complements the style of DJ Moore as well. Uh, and the other thing to, to keep in mind there, uh, is just, just money and payment. I mean, we, Darnell Mooney was a free agent or is going to be a free agent this coming off season. I would not sign him to a second contract. I'm not a big Mm -hmm. fan of signing someone like that to a second deal. So now you really have a whole opposite DJ Moore. And I think you shore that up with someone like Troy Franklin, uh, a wide receiver from, uh, from Oregon. And then at pick 68 to fast forward and kind of wrap up the draft, we're only going to do the first, you know, first three rounds of this draft. Uh, a fourth round pick shouldn't really make a huge difference in the immediate future. So pick 68, I take someone like defensive tackle Tyleek Williams out of uh, Ohio state or McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M. Uh, once again, the edge board didn't really fall great here. And like you mentioned, you need more on the defensive line. I like Gervon Dexter a lot but there really is not much else there as far as upside is concerned. So uh, we're going to, we're going to shore up the, the, the defensive line here to finally get defense on the board with our draft picks. So you'll see the focal point here is offense, but can't just completely neglect the defense in this instance. Yeah. I think this is going to be the first point that we kind of disagree on. Uh, I, I get that receiver is a huge strength in this draft, but it is also a huge strength in the free agency class. And I, I like some of the free agents for a rookie quarterback, right? Like you don't want to go get a Mike Evans and rely on him as the only guy that you add just because of the age, he might only be there for a year or two, similar to what's like Adam Thielen's doing for um, uh, young in, in Carolina. But Mike Evans is a leader and he knows what he's doing and can really help out a locker room like that. So you look at DJ Moore and Mike Evans as your outside receivers, and then maybe you draft somebody a little later in the draft. I like that a lot more. Um, there's also like T Higgins, if you can get a guy like T Higgins and bring him in. But, you know, if we're going to talk about just the draft right now, I would say, you know, I, I would have to look at defense and, and try to find a defensive playmaker uh, to help out my team. So let's say that uh, like one of these edge rushers, right? There's a few guys um, you know, pick, pick the one that you will, but, uh, the kid from Ohio state is typically available, I believe. Um, so like, I think I probably try to go that way. Like, let's go get an edge rusher. Let's go get the best corner on the board. Uh, let's do something like that. Because if we don't, 
I think that defense is going to just start looking weaker and weaker. Yes, I I know what you always say. Like, you got to just keep going to your strength, build your strength, right? You're going to get Caleb Williams. You're building the offensive line. Get him the receivers he needs. I just think you can do that other ways this year. Um, I think you have to go defense at some point early in this draft so that you're not the worst defense in the NFL and that all the pressure is on your offense game in and game out. Like kind of like the Lions last year, like you're putting up 35 points a game, your defense is giving up 40, right? And it's like, yes, in a couple of years, maybe you can fix that. But I think there are good players that you can go get um, that again, would, would make a difference for your team. So what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, we tried to sign T. Higgins. He he didn't. He turned us down. So we had we had to go the draft route. So gotcha. We we tried. We we Not would try for money. a T. Higgins for sure. That'd be great if we could get T. Higgins here and then maybe get the corner out of Georgia at the top of the second round or something. That's that's phenomenal um, because we, then we wouldn't need a receiver. But didn't fall that way, and I wasn't going to fall back on giving Darnell Mooney some money. I just I'm not I'm not giving him a second contract. Um, Evans, yeah, cool. Uh, I don't know. It didn't take my fancy. I like, I like Franklin a lot. I, I really do. So, uh, and I do think, yes, it's, it's true. The defense as a whole needs to be better and, and is a ways away, but I do like the, maybe like is a bit of a strong word, but I'm not terribly concerned assuming they re-sign Jalen Johnson, which we did in, in this exercise of the, of the cornerback room here that we have with Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, and uh, Terrell Smith. It's not the greatest trio, but it's not the worst trio either. If you can uh, so, bring Jalen Johnson back. Yeah. Yeah. It, we couldn't get T Higgins. So we gave Jalen Johnson another million and a half or so per year. And he, and, and we got him across the finish line. So right. Love that. He's, he's, he's with us. So it's not the worst corner trio there again, not the best, but it's enough to where you can go out and play on Sunday and, and it's not a glaring hole. So, um, that's just kind of how our how our board fell, but you know we live in a simulation, and your your world could be different. So of course, yeah, I'm going JT Tumaloa from Ohio State in the second round with that pick. Uh, so essentially, trading Justin Fields for that JT Tumaloa edge, and you have Montez Sweat and Tumaloa, and that's starting to look a little bit better, right? Take a little pressure off those corners, and those corners are actually playing well this year. So you start to think if you can start getting pressure on the quarterback, they're going to look that much better started to add a little bit of balance. So I like to do that. I'm cool with going two picks, offense first round, but then second round, I'm probably going defense, defense, defense. Um, Okay, what's the next thing you're doing for the Bears? Well, chronologically, this doesn't make sense because free agency comes first, right? But our other free agent signing was Aaron Brewer at center. Uh, Just to, again, the spine of that offense, you want an experienced center, someone who's been there before. If you have a young quarterback to kind of settle things down, the rest of the pieces on this offensive line are all young players, right? Very talented, but they're all young with Fashion, Jenkins, Wright, and Braxton Jones. So you get someone like Aaron Brewer in there, a vet to really solidify things on that line, make the calls, give you that veteran presence that really comes down to that whole offense, which at this point now is very young um, and really stabilizes that whole unit. And so that is, that is our sort of key offensive free agency pickup that just, again, just makes things more friendly for our young Caleb Williams at quarterback. And we build out from there because now we're looking at Caleb Williams, a strong offensive line led by a veteran center, uh, two receivers on the outside led by DJ Moore. You have a strong running game. 
we're kind of cooking with some gas here, right? Uh, Cole Komet at tight end, perfectly fine. Somehow he's still only 25 years old. I feel like he's been in the league for seven years. Um, so that's another sort of big, you know, tight end target there. So I'm, I'm okay with, with where we are on offense and I'm comfortable giving a young quarterback playing time in this unit. So, um, Again, that wasn't the chronologically next thing we did, but that's what we sort of did to put the cherry on top on offense. I'll stop if you want before I go into the defense. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I think, you know, we went and tried to get T. Higgins. He said no. We went after Mike Evans. Maybe he said no too. He ends up staying in Tampa. He wants to retire there. Uh, he likes the beach too much. Um, so I go there's and I sign like at the bay. So yeah, there's, there's beaches here, right? Yeah, yeah. I get technically. Um, I go and sign like Van Jefferson, right? I go for guys that are these like third tier receivers. Maybe I sign a couple of them, right? Like you were going to pay T Higgins big money. You decide to put that money elsewhere, but you bring in a Van Jefferson and, you know, another guy, maybe like a Scotty Miller, right? You're going for like route runners. You just want guys that are getting open. Maybe you want a playmaker. You go for a guy like LaVisca Chenault, right? Just to, just to kind of, you could get him for like league minimum almost, just throwing kind of like your hat in the ring, trying to get some playmakers on the field for your quarterback. I think there's a lot of bigger name receivers like a Michael Pittman. We said T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley's there, Marquise Brown's there. It's a really good class. So there is a good chance that you're, if you are willing to spend a little bit of money, that you can get a legitimate receiver to go with DJ Moore. But since you did DJ Moore last year, you're you're a little bit more conservative. You don't throw the bank at one of these guys. So you get some of those second tier receivers. So for now, let's just say I get I get Van Jefferson and then in the third or fourth round, I'm drafting a receiver. Um, but that's all I'm doing on offense as well. You went after the center. I think I've invested a lot in the offensive line at this point. We have two first round picks at tackle. One is we're moving to guard. You have Nate Davis, who you signed for big money last year. Um, so I'm not spending the money on center. Maybe there's, a, again, a guy like last year in the draft, there were plenty of centers available pretty late on the draft that are now playing. I know the Colts got a guy. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of guys that you can get later on in drafts at the center position. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, but let's go to the defensive side of the ball. I think I'm going to start this one off. I think the biggest need from my from my viewpoint, right, I talked about edge. I want to get edge in the second round of the draft, so I'm not going to sign one of these guys, but there are plenty of them to sign. Um, I'm going to go with a guy like Leonard Williams. If I'm going to throw my money at somebody, he's a little bit older. I get that, but he's one of those veteran guys that can be a leader to your defense. And I think the interior of your defensive line is a huge, huge need. Yes, they drafted a couple guys. We feel good about them, but it's it, it needs to be a rotation. You need to get guys in and out of there and you need depth at the defensive interior position. I want my defensive line to be my strength. This is Chicago we're talking about here, right? It's brats and hot dogs. We need the big guys. And I think it's, we need Leonard Williams to come in and just be a difference maker for that defensive line. That's so you drafted JT two Moloow. You have Montez Sweat at one at, with the, at the other edge spot. Then you have Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams is going to put his hand on the ground. I'm having I'm right. having Leonard Williams put his hand on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's your one interior, and then your second interior is Gervon Dexter, right? The second round pick from last year. Yep. That's a lot of beef. It's Chicago. <laughs> We're talking about uh, Chicago. Yes. What what I do think is missing a little bit is that one scre- and and I don't have this either. Is that one screaming like around the the corner bendy edge rusher like weak side guy? It's just not there, and that's just kind of the way it it, it fell right. So in in my exercise, uh, we did not sign Leonard Williams. I, I actually don't mind that at all. I I, I like that quite a bit. 
uh, we just re-signed Yannick Ngakwe, not because we love him or anything, but because he can be had at one of those, you know, one year, three and a half million dollar deals or whatever that he's just kind of, that's just what he is these days. He provides some, some sacks and some splashes, but not much else. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pulse and a body over there at the other edge spot that can give you something, uh, in the pass rush. And for some more context, the bears are currently projected to have about $63 million in cap space for 2024. Um, so they can make some moves. So they can make some moves. And actually in my exercise too, what we did is, uh, who do we cut here? Uh, do we cut, uh, Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson cut Eddie Jackson too. We saved about 23 million in cap space by making a couple cuts there too on some older veteran players. So, uh, we, we need a safety and that's us. And, and, uh, I'm going to get to that now next year too, is that, uh, what we did is we signed Jordan Whitehead from the jets at safety in free agency. Uh, to be opposite Jaquan Brisker. Uh, and my terms on that were four years, 28 million. So he was not cheap, but we can afford it. We have a quarterback on a rookie deal. We have cap space to work with. And, you know, we're just, we're, we're building a, 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 a competent defense, right? It's not going to light the world on fire, but we're not going to be the worst defense in the league. So that, that's my other sort of free agency move to, to really kind of put a cap on this thing is, take care of the final level of the defense sign Jordan Whitehead to go along with uh, Jaquan Brisker because we did cut Eddie Jackson and good riddance. He killed my melon heads for a few years here before I finally cut the cord. Okay. So there, you talked about screaming edge rushers, right? And I don't know if there's really one of those to that level, right? There's no Nolan Smith available right now, but there are guys like Brian birds and, jo- and Jordan Phillips available burns Probably wants to get the hell out of Carolina. I don't know if that changes with a you know a different coaching hire, uh, but just just losing environment there. They don't have picks. We're going to talk about them next. But what about getting a guy like Brian Burns? And if you don't want to spend the money on Burns, you look at Jordan Phillips. Um, yeah, a couple guys. But anyway, what, what do you think about Burns? Juice was not worth the squeeze with Burns and. When we talk about the Panthers, if, if this is like a multiverse, but this is like my this is my universe. Mm-hmm. Panthers did a tag and trade, so we were out of the picture as the Bears. We didn't want to give up uh, assets for another rusher when we already gave up a pick for Montez Sweat before signing him to a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a part of it too. Is that the price we paid for Sweat? We're going to give another big contract to another rusher. Their skill sets actually complement each other pretty well. But even till now, Brian Burns has not been as consistent as we were all hoping for him to be. So while it's enticing, we're not trying to become a Super Bowl contender in a year because it's just unrealistic. So we are going to 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 hold firm a little bit there. Um, but yeah, we 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 considered it. So um, but that was ultimately the verdict we reached. So if you want, I can wrap it up real quick then, just just so everyone can kind of can kind of see where where my simulation ended up with the Bears, what we did. And went from there, right? So to sum it all up, we traded Justin Fields to the Raiders for a pick 43 and some change. Uh, we went ahead, drafted Caleb Williams. We then drafted Olufashinu, kicked Darnell Wright inside, uh, and signed Aaron Brewer at center in free agency. So we like all five of our, our offensive linemen. I know you're a Nate Davis guy, Chris, but he wasn't doing it for me. So uh, we're just we're just cutting bait, sunk cost at this point. Uh, and then we went out and drafted uh, Troy Franklin out of Oregon in the top of the second round. So our offensive line, we just mentioned, 
we have Caleb Williams at quarterback and then receiver DJ Moore, Troy Franklin uh, with Cole Komet at tight end. And then on the defensive end, we signed Jordan Whitehead. Uh, we went ahead and cut Eddie Jackson. And just from sort of back to front or front to back, our defensive line is Yannick Ngakwe. We brought him back. Uh, Billings, Andrew Billings, uh, Gervon Dexter, Montez Sweat. Linebackers we didn't talk much about. I know linebackers kind of a bit of a crapshoot, but TJ Edwards, uh, very well there. Tremaine Edmonds, not really. We kind of called this not playing as, as, as well as he did last year. And that was kind of to be expected. Jack Sanborn, again, not the greatest unit, but it's, it's somewhat functional. Jalen Johnson, we brought back Terrell Smith and Tyreek uh, Stevenson at corner. And then again, Brisker and Whitehead at safety. So our foundational pieces on offense are essentially our entire offensive line. Caleb Williams, DJ Moore, Troy Franklin on defense, Gervon Sweat, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Johnson. Uh, and did I mention Gervon Dexter? I think I did. So yeah. there you go. Those are my four. So not the greatest. We're probably not going to the Super Bowl, but we have some pieces around our young quarterback that allow him to grow and develop into the playmaker that we believe he can become as a franchise guy. And defense kind of holds serve until we can really address the, that side of the ball with the rookie quarterback uh salary advantage that we're going to have in the coming years as we allow him to develop so that's my plan for the bears have at it then it's, it's a good plan i think so again the only differences that we're having here you know i agreed with your first round picks i'm taking the edge rusher from ohio state jt Tumaloa, early second round so i'm building that defensive front with him matting leonard williams we got the rookie from last year gervin dexter uh, we have Montez Sweat now, right? So that defensive front is beefy and it's it's going to be a strength, right? We want to build that as our strength. Um, bringing back Jalen Johnson. I'm going to keep Eddie Jackson because he's been there a long time. He's a locker room presence. I want to keep him around just to be a, a, a you know a captain of this team. Um, and then receiver, right? I said, I'm going to go add Van Jefferson. I'm not spending that second round pick on a receiver. So I'm adding Van Jefferson to pair with DJ Moore. I want to add another receiver in the third round, but it's an obviously not going to be a guy that's going to be a huge difference difference maker right away. But Caleb Williams is supposed to bring that to my team, right? He's supposed to be the difference maker for that offense. With the, that offensive line, it should be good enough at that point to be a competitor. And I'm getting, the, getting that coach out of here and I'm getting an offensive-minded coach to pair with Caleb Williams. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think we essentially fixed the Bears. Let's move to the Panthers. Let's do this a little different, you know, learn from our mistakes. Let's go like timeline wise, right? We know the coach has already been fired. Who <laughs> We don't need to target a specific coach, but what type of coach do you want for this Panthers team? It's a broken record, but everything is offense from here on out. You actually invested on the defense uh, for a couple years heavily a couple years ago, and it, it hasn't worked out. So we're going to bring in an offensive mind. We drafted Bryce Young number one overall and we can't get out of that right away. And I'm not, I'm not sure that that is necessarily the right move. I think it needs more time to be flushed out because of how bad things are. So we need an offensive head coach with a system and a plan in place to again, be quarterback friendly. It's, it's a theme, especially with teams that draft highly that are at the bottom of the barrel of the league talent wise, because that is a, the quickest way to ruin a career is to not be quarterback friendly, right? But also the quickest way back into contention is to have a quarterback 
that can just be pointsy and win you some games and get you back into contention. Without that, you have to hit on like 10 or 12, like basically 10 of every 12 pieces and moves that you make, as opposed to if you hit on that quarterback and make that quarterback successful, that really raises, was that that's the rising tide that raises all boats. So it's absolutely uh, an offensive guy and uh, owner David Tepper needs to just get out of the freaking way. Just, hire head coach and just go away for three years and come back and see what happens. Either three years from now, Bryce Young is back on the right track and this is a team that's contending or it's time to find a new one and go from there. But I don't want to hear from the owner or anyone else for, for another 36 months after this hire is made. Okay. So you're going offensive minded. I I am actually going to take a different approach. The reason being is because I think this is one of the most if not the most difficult situation in football to go be a head coach in uh, their roster might be brutal after this offseason, and they lack draft picks. So yes, Bryce young developing him to be your franchise quarterback is likely the most important thing for this team. But I think even if you're successful at doing that, the rest of this team is probably three years from being good. Yeah, and bad. that's, and that's they're if bad. you draft well, and that's if you retain guys. So when I'm looking at like, how do you keep a team positive, aggressive, fighting? I don't know if you necessarily do that with an offensive minded coach. I think that's when you see these kind of like Antonio Pierce, what he's doing for the Raiders, right? Like you, you might want a guy like that. Like sometimes you need a rah-rah guy, right? Like you need a Dan Campbell in your locker room to just get guys excited to show up for work every day. And this is one of those situations. I want to build my foundation on that defense. And to be quite honest, if Bryce Young doesn't work out, maybe I'm okay with that because again, it's going to take a few years to figure this out. Do I really want, once I figure it out to have to pay my, my quarterback? Uh, cause it, cause it might not like the timing just not, might not be work out well there. So like, I want my defense, I want three years from now to me for my team to be like, Hey, I have the best defense in the NFL. And we have a couple guys on offense that are looking good. And maybe Bryce Young works out regardless if we hire the offensive guy or not. So it's, it's from my perspective, it's let's go find a, let's go get Dan Quinn, right? Like let's go get him out of Dallas, make him the head coach of this team, give him another chance. And, and he's going to be the coach of my Carolina Panthers. So you're basically throwing in the towel on Bryce Young. It sounds like. Not because I think he's bad, but because I think this team can't be good with him. You just think it's hopeless. You think it's you think it's that hopeless. The situation is that hopeless. I, I do believe that. And mm-hmm. I guess now that we're done with coaching, let me explain why, right? Because next thing is going to be free agency, right? That's kind of how it goes. And you look at this roster, right? And just going down the list of free agents, um, the offensive side of the ball is decently set for this year, but it's again a terrible group of players. But on defense, you have your Brian Burns becoming a free agent. Free agent Gross Matos is a free agent. Um, you have Frankie Louvu as a free agent. You have uh, JC Horn only has two years left on his deal. You have to pay him soon. But uh, Jeremy Chin is a free agent. Uh, so essentially, like every single good defensive player you have, and defense right now is like your strength, and it's not even a strength at this point. But every good player you have on defense is essentially in their walk year. So what am I doing with that? Right. Free agencies first. The first thing I'm doing, right. Applying the franchise tag, like you said earlier in my alternate universe, I'm applying that to Brian Burns. I'm going to try to keep him. Um, if somebody wants to make me an offer for like, you know, a first in two seconds or a first and a first this year, first next year, I'm going to do that. 
but even a first round pick isn't doing it for me because I have money to spend. So I have no problem paying him. I have to spend the money anyway. And I don't know if a first round pick, you know, by a team like the chiefs is really going to be, give me enough ammunition to, to replace a guy like Burns. And right. And the point of this is to get better. I think Burns leaving, even if it's for a first round pick doesn't make me better. So first thing I'm doing is I'm applying the franchise tag to Burns. Um, do you think you're going to contend for a Super Bowl by the time Burns is 30 years old? He's 25 and a half right now. Yes. going to be 26 I, next season. If, if, if not, if not, then I have bigger, I failed, right? Like if, if not, I failed. It, it, anything more Did than you? a three-year plan is failure. So I need by 2026 or 2027, I need to be good enough to like be a true competitor. And that's kind of my plan. Burns will be in that window still. But you didn't even have a first round pick this year. So <laughs> that that delays your three-year plan like that's one of the most important pieces is that first first round pick it's that true. you build around it and they don't have that and that's what makes this so tough it is tough um and and so for me it's like you look at montez sweat right and i i think montez sweat is the overall the better player here but he's two years older and he netted what's essentially going to be a top 40 pick um from from Washington. So given Burns' age, I do think he gets you a late first and maybe a fourth or something um, and some change there. I don't know. If he was as if he was consistent with his highs, I would I, I would sign him. But it's the inconsistency with the player that leads me to just say if I can get a big, you know, a big uh, you know, a big return for him and a big return being a first and maybe another asset or so, I think I take it. Um, but if you want to build around him, then he's going to have to be your, your defensive leader when you're 30 years old or when he's 30 years old, essentially. And he's on like the last year. That's, that's, that's optimistic. You're going to get a new quarterback in there to contend for a Super Bowl and build your defense. And that quarterback's going to be ready to contend in three years when your quarterback isn't that, that quarterback's not coming for another two, at least. Right. What is um? I think first thing I need to know is what is the cap space that they have for this team next year? So it's about forty. Hold on, I, I looked this up at Spot Rack. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Shout out to Spot Rack. Yes, they're they're the great uh they're, they're the greatest. Where the heck did I put it? I believe it's thirty nine million off the top of my head. Yeah, so um, I have money. Yes, to pay yes, thirty nine million. I'm paying. Burns. I'm paying. Burns. Oh man, definitely paying Burns. I'm keeping him around. I'm giving him like twenty five million a year. He's going to be, he's going to be my foundational edge rusher. And I want him and Derek Brown to play together, right? Like I want to keep that together uh, because one of the things, right? So I was going to talk about this with the Giants. We're not talking about the Giants today, so I was going to save it, but it's important to talk about when you're building a team. Do I have my defensive interior? This situation? Yes. I have Derek Brown. Do I have my edge rusher? Maybe I want to keep Brian Burns. Do I have a corner? At least one. Yes. I have JC Horn and I, I want to bring back JC Henderson um, I want Jeremy Chin to come back at my safety and then I go offense, right? Do I have the offensive tackle? From my perspective, I don't know if I do, right? Akima Kwanu has been very up and down. I know you're really high on him, but like I think to myself, like that might be a need receiver. Do I have my receiver? No, I don't even have one, right? Like, so that's a huge need. And then it's, do I have my quarterback? I believe I do, right? I have Bryce Young. I'm at least going to give him the opportunity. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot of concerns I don't want to create more concerns and more gaps by selling a guy like Burns and creating another hole for me to fill. That's not going to be easy for me to fill. So I'm keeping Burns. Okay. 
All right, keep going. Keep going. What, what else you got in free agency? Or are we moving on to the draft? No, no, no. Definitely not. I'm doing a lot for this team. So the two, like forty million need, doesn't go as far as it used to. By the way, I'm just just letting. You I understand. Know. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep Burns. I'm going to try to keep. Like I said, Jeremy Chin. I'm gonna kind of prioritize bringing him back. Um, I like the safety Jamie Robinson that I drafted, so I'm excited about that. I think my defensive back group at that point is solid. Uh, I have. Uh, Frankie Louvu, I think I could bring him back on a on a team friendly deal. No, it's not going to be cheap, but I think I want to bring him back as well. So I'm going to bring him back, pair him with Shaq Thompson. Uh, defensive interior, I'm not going to do anything there. I'm relying on guys like Derek Brown to kind of hold things up. And I got Brian Burns. Maybe I'm letting Gross Matos walk, even though I, I again I want to try to bring him back. But like that might be the most. I have to spend, but there are some guys that I would, you know, create cap space with Adam Thielen's deal is looking, you know, like it looks great right now because he's playing well, but it might not look good a year or two from now. So I'm probably going to try to like spread that money out. I'm going to spread some other guys money out like Hayden Hurst, right? If I could get out of that deal, maybe I get out of that deal. And the biggest thing, like I am not leaving without T Higgins on my team. So T Higgins has to come back uh, to the Panthers and I need to pair him with Bryce Young so that Bryce Young has a chance in hell to survive for the next three years for my team. So those are the two biggest moves. The offensive line, I'm going to try to make some investments there in the draft. So we'll talk about that when we get to the draft. So you're going to say, all right, T. Higgins, come back to the Carolinas. Come play with Bryce Young. And then we're just going to go ahead and just do a bunch of moves on defense and just have at it and have fun. I think if you pay him enough money, right? Like money talks like DeAndre Hopkins this off season, right? Like he didn't go to the Titans to win football games. He went there because they paid him to. I'm going to do the same thing for T Higgins. All right. Fair enough. We got your PS one screenshot. Yeah. I'm frozen. Love it. Keep going though. So, okay. That's it for free agency. So I want to hear what you would do differently. I'm going the complete opposite direction, basically. Um, in, In a couple ways. Yes, the offensive focus, but also just saying this thing is going to take more than three years. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm almost completely ignoring defense, right? Um, So actually, what we did is we tag and trade Brian Burns for a first and a fourth. Again, uh, Montez Sweat netted a high second round pick. It was top 40 pick. As, as the main component of that deal with Burns two years younger, I think we can get a little higher return there. Uh, you know, probably a late first from a contending team, but given the way that timing works and such, that likely doesn't happen until after this coming NFL draft. So I'm still going through this exercise without a first round pick and then basically doubling up in 2025 in that NFL draft. So I have gone ahead and weakened my, my, my defense Giving away um, Brian Burns because we like the talent. We don't. We, we need that type of talent, but we're not terribly sold on the consistency there. So we got rid of him. Um, and then for free agency, what we did is we basically said, "Yeah, look, Derek Brown, we are very sorry, but you, you, you're 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 by yourself on that defensive front, right?" When it comes to free agency, everything was on offense. I'm going to find out if Bryce Young is the guy or if he's not, because next year I have two first round picks. Either we, 
we just we were so bad that we can go ahead and just draft a quarterback with one of them, or we have ammunition to get one if it's that bad to where we already know after these next 12 months that Bryce Young is not the guy, right? So what we're going to do in free agency is we're going to focus on the interior of the offensive line. We invested uh, a first-round pick in Ikeem McQuanu at tackle. Taylor Moten at the other uh, tackle spot at right tackle. We, we, you know, we like him there. That's, that's solid serviceable, uh, not a huge weakness there, but the interior is just an absolute disaster. So we're going to go ahead and double up on Nick Allegretti at 6 million per year. And then our, our main signing there is going to be Robert Hunt uh, projected here four years, $9 million per. So four years, 36 million, uh, big fan of Robert Hunt. Uh, always have been. So if I can double up at guard and have two pieces that I'm okay with and feel decent about, then it's all a matter of, Hey, we got to develop our, our first round pick at, at tackle and Akeem Aquanu. And we have something solid there at Taylor Moten. At least our quarterback is not running for his life. We've seen Bryce young be able to make plays and be a bit of a playmaker if afforded the opportunity when things break down, but you can't have him running for his life as a young player. That's when things uh, just really go off the rails and that's what can damage a quarterback long-term. So we're solidifying everything in front of him in free agency as best we can. So we have an offensive line of Ikeem Aquanu, Nick Allegretti, Bradley Bozeman, Robert Hunt, and Taylor Moten from left to right. And uh, that's where we sit at the end of free agency heading into the draft. I like that. You know I love Robert Hunt. And can you see me yet? Probably not. I was looking at my notes. No, you're just a black square. This is this is amazing <laughs> viewing for, on, for the YouTubers. This is second second week in a row. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're I, listening yeah. I have some theories, but we can hear you. So we're just going to keep going. It's like I'm talking right. to ChatGPT or something. <laughs> Dude, it's basically the brains of ChatGPT, right? Um, but Robert Hunt, right? So I, I great player. I hope the Dolphins don't let him leave because that would be horrible for Tua. Um, but I don't want to spend money with a team this raw on a position that's not extremely valuable. I think you can you can draft a guy in the draft. And you know that's what I'm going to kind of talk about next is if I am the the Carolina Panthers and you just did my strategy where all you have is your second and third round picks and, you know, the later picks uh, and then the picks in the future, I'm not going to keep my pick at two, one, I'm going to trade back, right? I want to accumulate as many picks as I can. Uh, I think you can trade back maybe four or five spots and still kind of get a player that you like. And the guy that I'm going to target, you know, with doing that first is Xavier worthy from Texas, right? This team needs speed. This offense needs speed. Adam Thielen, right, being your number one receiver is scary because he is the opposite of speed, although, again, he's playing really well. So you pair a guy like that that's a great route runner with T. Higgins I talked about, right? So you have now T. Higgins, you have uh, Adam Thielen, and now you have Xavier Worthy that's going to add that speed element. And I think already this looks like a vastly improved situation for uh, Carolina offense. And the defense, again, I brought all of my guys back. So that's, you know, I'm not adding to it. I'm getting that defensive-minded coach to hopefully bring out the best in it. But most of my picks are going to be now on the offensive side of the ball. Interesting. At 33rd overall, I took Xavier Worthy. <laughs> okay. Also, yes. Speedy playmaker, big fan of his game. I mean, Mingo's getting crushed right now. Like, we, we yes, we all know that. Thielen is ancient and speed is not his game, right? Um, Mingo, 
like like we said, he's just getting destroyed right now on on the internet. Right, they saw that play where like he was kind of on the sideline, uh, got a pass thrown to his inside shoulder or hip, and like jumped out of bounds to consort himself to catch the ball and like ensured that his feet landed out of bounds when all he had to do was just stay still and would have caught like it. It's bad. Um, so whether or not you think that Mingo can be something, he absolutely does not bring that element of, of of playmaking and just like super quick speedy type separation that someone like xavier worthy does now he, he may be gone by this point too i mean i i would not at all be surprised if xavier worthy is a top 26 pick or so in the draft so he may be gone um but in both simulations he was there and um it's not out of the realm of possibility so yeah uh, I took Xavier Worthy as well for a lot of the reasons you mentioned and that we're discussing here. Need that 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 playmaking and speed on the outside to help the quarterback. I also then doubled up at pick 65 and took Devontez Walker, the receiver out of North Carolina in the second round. Um, prototype size and speed, like over 6'2", fl- can flat out run, uh, can catch the ball downfield. And I simply, I'm one who doesn't believe that Mingo is going to be there for for the long term. He's not going to be a cornerstone piece or anything like that. So if you can go ahead and say, all right, here are my young, my young cornerstone receivers in Xavier Worthy and Devontae Walker, then great. Then that's what we're going to build around on offense. So uh, as we sit here at the end of day two, we solidified our offensive line as best we could. Maybe we overpaid a little bit for the guards, but Got to remember too, Bryce Young is not the tallest guy, right? That that interior is actually more important for someone like Bryce Young than it is for a lot of other quarterbacks. So we wanted to make sure that we shored that up uh, heading into the next season. So we shored that up in free agency, got our two wide receivers. Our defense is still an absolute mess, but we also have two first round picks in the coming year. Okay, I like it. So it, it, with the other picks, right? So I said I traded back and got worthy, which mm-hmm. again might might not be realistic because he might end up being a first round pick. But if I'm able to do that, I'm able to maybe pick up an extra third or fourth round pick. Those next picks are targeting the offensive uh, interior of that line. Uh, there's a couple guys. Again, I haven't dug too deep into the film of these this guard class, but there's a Christian Haynes from uh, Connecticut, a guard and Christian Mahogany from Boston College that PFF is is rating very highly. I think those are two guys that, again, you can probably get in the third round. I now have two third round picks. So I'm going to take one of those guys and I'm going to start to build that interior of that offensive line back up. Um, And, you know, maybe I even kind of take the Packers approach where I'm going to take one guy in the third round and then I'm going to take another one in the fifth round and you're twice as likely to hit, right? If you, if you double up. So that's kind of the approach they take. And I, and I do like it. I think it's a good approach, especially for a team like the Panthers who is offensive interior needs some help. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the way I'm going. I think, you know, if I walk away, right. So I'm walking away, I have a new defensive minded coach. Uh, that's going to help bring that defense back to what it should be. I have Brian Burns, Derek Brown back, uh, Frankie Louvu's back. I uh, retained Jeremy Chin as well. I'm paying these guys, so that's really where my money and free agency is going, besides the one addition, which is T. Higgins on offense. So now the receivers for Bryce Young are T. Higgins, Adam Thielen, Xavier Worthy, and uh, you got you got the other guy that you mentioned, uh, Jonathan Mingo, as your four, which is where he probably needs to be. Uh, and then I'm sitting pretty happy just adding some kind of scrappy uh, interior offensive lineman later on in the draft and just hoping for the best. Yeah, hope for the best is a good way to put it. I mean, it's it's a long-term build. It's very bad. And I think 
what's interesting is it's probably not even the worst one when you said we're going to talk about the giants at another point in time and that could be even more painful to try to work through um either way you slice it right we we basically went about this two completely different ways um interested to hear what people think about it which one they prefer but regardless it is not a quick build it's not a two-year build it's 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 a long-term build here uh to get carolina back to contention status the the only thing that may make it a little easier too as well is that their division is not that great Mm -hmm. and and you know i guess this is something to talk about and it's something that i think super important right i was talking about all the important positions that i would make sure i have to have that foundation of a team considering the Panthers did not have a number one receiver. The offensive tackles aren't sure things, even if they drafted a guy highly. It doesn't mean it's a sure thing. So you don't have the number one receiver. You're not sure about your tackle. Your edge rusher is about to be a free agent, right? And then your your corner, you you feel good about corner. So three of the four important positions outside of quarterback are not sure things. In in that situation, I never trade multiple first round picks to get a quarterback, right? Like in my mind, that's a team that's the, the prime example of when not to do that. I am not against drafting um, or trading picks to draft a quarterback. I don't necessarily think that's the wrong move because you look at the 49ers and even though it didn't work out for them drafting Trey Lance, like it, the team was good enough and they had all of the pieces where you insert the quarterback and it, and it makes sense, right? Because you could essentially say they traded all those picks and they came away with Bryce uh, Brock Purdy, right? And it would it's, it's kind of the same result as what they were looking for. It just wasn't the guy they targeted, but the team was in a situation where that didn't end up being a bad thing, right? They, they could survive that. A team like the Panthers doing that is completely different. And I'm going to talk about that as we go through some of these other teams, right? Like the bears are in a position where they can draft the quarterback. They have enough draft picks where it doesn't matter if they miss on the quarterback because they could always get another one, but also they don't have to trade up to get the quarterback, right? Like they are staying where they are and they're drafting the guy. You look at what the Chargers did a few years ago to draft Justin Herbert, right? They didn't panic. They didn't press the panic button and trade up to go get him. They just sat there and got him and it didn't ruin their team. But a team like the Panthers going and doing that could ruin this franchise and that's something that I fear for, like you talked about, you teased a little bit the Giants, right? If the Giants were one of those teams that says, we have to go get our guy no matter what, and they trade up from, say, five or four to number one, they trade multiple years of first-round draft picks, I don't think that's a team in a position where if it doesn't work out, it's going to be okay, right? If it doesn't work out for the Giants, it's going to be bad. And I think we're, we're kind of looking at the Panthers as like a current-day example of what will happen to the future Giants if they go that route. Yeah, and I think I think you you went about this the right way because I think the easy thing or to do is to sit there and go, oh man, they they traded up and went and got Bryce Young instead of C.J. Stroud, and in hindsight, blah, blah blah. And like, and I know people are going to retort when I say if C.J. Stroud was in this exact situation, you might not look good either. They're going to say, well, it's the it's the Texans. They didn't have a great situation either. No, but and you in particular are at the forefront of this too. They got Tank Dell, who's who's emerged and really has made a big difference there too. Um, but also, we talked about this. Their offensive line was was making strides and getting better leading into this this season. So it was a bit better than the Panthers situation overall too. Um, but the point being is that 
they were not in a position to make a move like that. They, they that was not the time to put their chips on the table for for anybody really. What, what is and, the difference in that offensive line, right? Let's, let's you you hit it on the head, right? You have Laramie Tunzel. He is a cornerstone left tackle. You have Titus Howard, who is who is reasonable. You trade for Shaq Mason, who is a a veteran guard. You drafted Kenyon Green to be another guard for you, a solid player. Um, like this team. You have you have the pieces on offensive line already to go draft your quarterback. The situations are not the same. People saying that mm-hmm. CJ Stroud going to Carolina would be fine. It, it, that's nonsense, right? Like these offensive lines are nowhere close to the same. And I think that it's unfortunate that the Carolina Panthers did this because I like Bryce Young. Like, no, he I like CJ Stroud more, but I like Bryce Young enough to say that if he was in a situation, like if you if you reversed those roles, right? If you put Bryce Young's on the Texans, I think he's you know, maybe he's not doing what CJ Stroud's doing, but he's a he's a good quarterback. And that team is still doing good things because of what they did on the offensive line and the fact that they went and drafted a guy that CJ Stroud was comfortable with, like Tank Dell. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't be pushing the ball downfield as well as CJ Stroud is. I mean, that's Stroud is just right. phenomenal at that. And the fit there is 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 working out great. But yes, he would absolutely be much better than than he is now. And we could be seeing a totally different tune about him if the roles were reversed. Um, and that's why this stuff is so important when it comes to team building. It's not, it, it's not so binary or as simple as, well, you just pick the wrong guy. There's so much more that goes into it than that, where you could pick the right guy and have the wrong situation and it becomes a, a bust, you know, quote unquote, when it's, it runs much deeper than the player. So I, I think, you know, we're, we're on the same page. That was, that was a really bad Toast Dub and Toast Dub is putting it lightly by the Panthers, uh, you know, during the draft last year, it, it it really set them back. Right. What's the whole point of playing all 22? So you can be a GM, right? This is why you do this. Mm-hmm. It's exactly why you do this. But that's it. That's what we got for today. Uh, we're going to go back and forth between kind of talking about some of these prospects, looking at, you know, your team getting ready for the playoffs. Maybe we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Um, and then, and then, yeah, we need to talk about what these teams need to do for their team building so that they can be contenders in the next few years uh, and that we can prove that we know what we're talking about when we're building a team. And that's why we play all 22. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all 22 underscore PFF and leave us a review wherever you watch or listen to your podcast. And thanks again for tuning in. And Ray, I'm saluting again. You can't see me. There you go. Chad GPT salute, baby. I'm a ghost.